Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 49, and I'm joined by my good buds, Mellified and Alien Pickle. How you fellas doing today? I am doing delightful. I'm uh, excited to get into what apparently is all the Nintendo news, because I don't remember us ever having this many Nintendo stories. Uh, there, there have been many episodes of our podcast where we had like nothing to say about like Nintendo or nothing to say about like Sony, and then all of a sudden now there's just like a huge swath of things that like dumped from Nintendo that kind of needed to be talked about. So yeah, well they certainly they had their financial uh, results and the Nintendo Direct I think is what what triggered it. But holy smokes, there's definitely a couple of interesting things I want to talk about in this episode and. Uh, w- we talked briefly before recording our first episode about one particular thing, and I'm really looking forward to getting both you and Pickles' take on this. But um, coming coming kind of right out of the gate, let's just start talking about some of this stuff. So Nintendo says that it won't compete with Microsoft and Sony in any acquisitions arm race, which makes a lot of sense. It'd be really stupid if they did, and they don't kind of have the money to compete with these with these two head honchos. So they're they're just a different platform. What I really think, though, that they need to do is I think that they need to kind of double down more on the family friendly and kids stuff. I think more than anything, because we've got the um, the Tommy Tellerico project with the Amico stuff that's being put in play as like that family friendly, nonviolent like choice for gaming. I almost feel like, you know, Nintendo kind of needs to more double down and get in that bandwagon more than anything, in my my personal opinion, because they've always been, like, the the fun, family-friendly console anyway, so... Um, but it's smart for them not to really get into this other stuff. I, I just think what the, what would, would be smart is maybe if they invest more in developers uh, that they have... Um, or something because it, it seems like they're, they're big hitting, heavy hitting games. They have a hard time coming out with, but their smaller ones, like their Kirby's and their little Mario adventures and this, this and that, they seem to come out with those things all the time. And yet they're big, heavy hitting IPs like Zelda or even Metroid, like the new Metroid seem to be taking a long time to produce Is that a quality thing? Like, they're just like, okay, we get one shot at making a Zelda game every 10 years, so this one has to be the one. I I question that, though, because, like, a lot of... I will say a lot of of Nintendo's first-party games are really good. Like, they're coming out with a Splatoon 3... Well, well, so let's let's go into some of their like Nintendo Direct stuff that they were talking about. So like they're coming out with the Pokemon Legends, right, which has already released uh, to pretty favorable reviews. Um, coming out uh, is a Triangle Strategy. I'm not as familiar with this. Um, they're also doing a Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Advanced Wars One and Two Reboot Camp, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Apparently, later on this year, at some point, there's supposedly the that Breath of the Wild sequel to Zelda. There's a Bayonetta 3 and a Metroid Prime 4, which is supposedly coming out at some point in the future. Yeah, so, like Bayonetta 3, that it's years and years ago they announced that thing coming for the Switch. Like, when the Switch was new, they were like, Bayonetta 3's coming. So, still coming. Yeah, well, well, like I said, it's just interesting that some of these bigger games, it just seems like... 
like we've had a Mario and Rabbids, we've had two other Splatoon games, now we're getting a third one. Uh, we've had several Kirby and like Yoshi style games. We've had like a lot of these little or other games. Sure, maybe they're smaller in scale, but it's just it's just interesting to me um, that some of these and and we saw footage already of some of the stuff that they were wanting to do with Breath of the Wild, like not long after the first Breath of the Wild came out. Like it was like like six months to a year later, they were like, "Hey, we're working on a sequel," and they like showed like a short little cinematic or what looked like a little cinematic that was pretty slick. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. So anyway, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see some other really interesting stuff going on with Nintendo's, uh, switch hackers have added controller pack support to the N64's online library. Uh, this one I find, uh, a little fun. Um, ba- <sighs> why why the hell is Nintendo charging for this service and they didn't do this if it was that easy to do like that just upsets me right because so, they have to wait on some other emulator guy to do it so they can steal it Ugh. so so you know as as people might know that back in the day with the N64 they had the controller pack support which you could put in memory cards or rumble packs or whatever peripheral of the day that Nintendo decided to come out with, uh, you could plug into that little slot. I think my controller, on a consistent basis, always had a rumble pack in it. I think like that was just like, <laughs> it was always there, <laughs> never taken out. Um, so they come out with their own, essentially, N64 controller for playing the emulated stuff on the... Uh, Switch Shop, whatever they have going on there. But these don't have controller support. It's all this kind of like closed off whatever. And uh, some community person has gone through and essentially uh, made it all happen. Now, um, you'll need a hacked Switch, from what I understand. In order for you to use this, so like you're you're Correct. not going to be able. If you have one of the newer switches, you're kind of sol on this at the moment. Have they been able to hack the newer switches yet? Do you know? Is that uh, only with a mod chip? So ah. you you have to physically modify the console and the mod chips because of the other story about the hacker uh, going to jail. They were the number one makers of the mod chips and so since sony sued them out of existence and is you know getting criminal charges against some of the members of that team executor that was doing the mod chips uh basically it costs more than the switch to put, to buy a mod chip and then you have to have a pay to somebody to install it on one of the newer switches so it's just not practical but the original switch is still wide open you can soft mod those yeah, if you can get your hands on one, that's the thing. Like, if you can find one. Is that, does that, oh. mean, does that mean you have one? I have two of the originals. Are you uh, selling? Are you selling? Or, like, what's going on? <laughs> I, I actually uh, was considering buying one of the OLED switches, but because uh, Amazon got stock of them again, but I realized I'm going to have a Steam Deck in, like, two weeks, so why with the hell would I want a better switch? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, okay. I have I have one, I have modified one of them to play homebrew, and then I have one that I haven't like the kids use it. I haven't done anything with it, and then I have my uh, second gen one that has the better battery life, which I used when I was traveling all the time because I would take the switch with me and play it on the plane. So, um, I I have considered doing something more with the second modded one or unmodded one at some point. Nice. Well, speaking of hardware, though, um, there's apparently a wireless portable 4K screen that offers, uh, uh, what is this, cable, lag-free, and dock-free Switch gaming, so that's pretty slick. Um, yeah, this was kind of another, like, why the hell didn't... Why, why is the third-party market the ones who are coming up with all these cool things, right? Like, this seems like such an obvious uh, upgrade to the Switch to have a bigger screen... Uh, that's p- still portable that you don't have to like have a bunch of wires to use. Yeah, basically, but... what you're going to need to do is 3D print kind of some kind of cradle where you put the screen in on the front and maybe the switch in on the back, and they you know that way it can kind of be together, and then that way it's really portable. That way you don't have to like carry both separate devices around with you. But yeah, the third party market. I mean, when it comes to Nintendo, the third party market's always doing something. I mean, whether it's uh, emulation or whatever you want to call it, they're they're doing something that's always going to make it, because people love Nintendo stuff. So, um, it's pretty crazy. Um, Nintendo's president reiterates that Switch is just in the middle of its life cycle. So apparently, that means we still have several more years to go with the Nintendo Switch. That that doesn't mean, however, we won't see more stuff like an upgraded Switch or an upgraded model of the Switch or like we've already seen with the OLED thing. Nintendo's not above putting out upgraded versions of a thing that they've already got. I mean, the, right? The, because the, otherwise, you freeze the hardware at a certain level, and then it's just like, well, well programmers figured out how to get a hundred percent out of the hardware right so then as they try to do things that shouldn't be on the switch then the games actually get crappier well and to 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 even to go into it even further like if you look at the 3ds market where it was just like yeah the nintendo 3ds then you have the, the nintendo 3ds xl then you had the whatever version then you had the 2ds then you have like what was kind of like a, a doorstop wedge and then they came out with the foldable version of that then there was like the 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 new 3ds and there was like the new new 3ds and it was just like oh my god would you guys stop <laughs> and like the the last version of the 3ds they they had they came out with like a second little nub like joystick thing that was just kind of like I, I don't understand like it it's just really Nintendo, like, man. It's... Yeah, it's like, we'll sell you the same thing 20 times, and then we'll go to a new product. So, just just because they say they're in the middle of the life cycle of the Switch does not mean that they're not going to do something else. And that's also to say, too, that the Switch outsells the Wii and the PlayStation and passes 100 million um, faster than any other home console. So, congratulations, Nintendo. You did it again. Well, they're pretty much the standard for mobile gaming, especially in Japan, right? So, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, they're the only ones still making a a mobile console, right? Sony's out of that. Right, because everybody else is like, you got phones, right? Well, I mean, and Nintendo's not doing any, (laughs) Nintendo's not doing really anything new in the quote-unquote Game Boy slash 3DS market. So, 
they're just focusing on this switch and switch light market um so good well the switch light is the portable switch right because it's slightly smaller it doesn't dock it's it's you know handheld only uh but yeah it's it's interesting well let me ask you this have you used one of the lights before compared to the regular switch i really want to talk to somebody who's used both and i want to get their perspective on it like somebody that i know not just some like well the thing the thing that makes the switch light a no-go for me is that you can't hook it to the tv yeah. And th- to me, it's like, okay, well, maybe it doesn't dock, but you still should have like an HDMI mini port or something, and then you can get out to the TV or whatever. So it's it's not as classy, but still functional. But they they don't, right? So at that point, it's like, well, we don't need as fast of a chip in here because the thing's never going to go to 720p on a TV. Right. Well, and more and more Nintendo news. Actually, I thought this was pretty slick. And honestly, I, I've I've been a huge fan of Mario Kart for years. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting a whole lot of DLC over the next couple of years. Um, they're going to be releasing a ton of tracks. Um, they're calling it their booster. Was it their booster course pack DLC? Um, is this like I can be two hundred dollars invested in Mario Kart by the time I'm done? No, not not. It's not going to be that ridiculous. But okay. Well, how um, did it work with Smash? Right, with the Smash Super Smash, whatever the one was that's on the Switch. Were all the DLC characters that came out? You had to buy them individually, or they were just present. I think the they're. Game? I think they're part of packs. I think you got them. They as were. Like... They were like season passes, basically. Okay. They had two yeah. or three uh, packs of DLC that you had to buy. Right. So but because they, they of didn't all, offer them separate. Because of all because of all this, they're saying don't expect Mario Kart Nine anytime soon because they're really going in on this. So like, they're doing this in waves. So there's going to be uh, a like wave one, uh, which comes out uh, in March. Actually, will have how many of this? One, two, three, four, five, like eight tracks, I think. And um, they're from all across the Mario Kart um genre, like genre so some stuff from like mario kart 64 some from 7 some from mario kart ds uh super circuit and tour so we um so like a lot of these tracks that were in a lot of these other games they're getting kind of added into the switch version here which is pretty slick now correct me if i'm wrong mario kart 8 actually came out on the wii u right and then they did the deluxe version on the switch right is that is correct. that true yes correct because so, seven was the the one on the 3ds, um, and then eight was on the Wii U, and then they did the deluxe version of eight for Switch, correct? Yeah. So this is pretty slick. So I actually have eight on the Wii U myself, um, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get any of this stuff on that. This is all for the Switch. So congratulations, Switch. Uh, but that's actually really good. I'm glad that they're actually continuing to make content for for that for people who really want it. Um, if I had it on the Switch, if I had a Switch, I'd probably get it. So, what else we got here? Um. Well, so <laughs> I I wrote I wrote some some copy for this that's just cracking me up. Uh, the Neptunia RPG series is a long, long running uh, series where the female characters are. Uh, based on consoles so 
one of the characters is like the Switch. One of them, well, back then it was the the Sega Genesis. One of them was the Super NES, uh, and so forth. And so as time has gone on, they just keep you know modernizing these characters into the newer consoles. Uh, but they are doing a crossover game with uh, Senran Kagura, which is the uh, Ninja Girl School fighting game where you basically get your clothes cut off while you play. So this is going to be quite quite something when it comes out uh, in April. Uh, all I all I could think of is, man, that's a lot of waifus because holy smokes, that's. You know, this is this is all about the cute anime girls. They could do Super Smash Sisters, and it's all waifus. There you go. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo but smashing doesn't, doesn't mean the same thing. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, that might not be quite so family friendly. When the hell did that come into the lexicon of young people? Like smashing means not. Yeah. Yeah. Other. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't know when that where that what the etymology of that term, but uh, we also are getting a uh, new rune factory game. This is a, another kind of Japanese RPG series. It's been around for a while. Uh, July will be the 10th anniversary since the launch of rune factory four on the three DS. And I want to say rune factory four is out for PC. Now um, I believe it's on steam. Uh, I'm going to double check that. Because there's nothing more exciting than podcasting. Yeah, well, uh, I I live. messed around with the uh, Runeterra for PC. The, mm -hmm. They did a port. I think it was Runeterra 4. And I was like, okay, well, this is supposed to be really cool because it's a uh, like a Stardew Valley, but with magic instead of being you know just farming kind of thing, mm. right? So it was um, what what's Harvest Moon, right? Yep. It was the original thing, and then this is like harvest moon harry potter version and i was like well this is going to be pretty cool but what i found out really fast that uh just resulted in a refund of the thing was that you cannot turn the damn music off in the game oh. you're stuck it's like you can't there's no volume slider for music so it's loud and then when it, so that basically preclude precludes like i can't watch a, a movie or a youtube video or something while i'm mm. playing the game so I was like, all right, I'm out. Um, but other than that, you know, it's like the Japanese, like, hey, we love our cutscenes so much you can't skip them. And, right. you know, other, other, like, hugely wasteful of my time stuff. So I gotcha. was like, yeah. Yeah. Other than uh, that, it had great potential, but, you know, no volume slider, no sale. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I did confirm, you know, Rune Factory 4 is the one that's on, on Steam. Um, the preview author here uh mitch vogel from nintendo life was not impressed with rune factory 5 uh they compared it to an early ps3 game in terms of visuals so uh you know maybe this is one if you're really excited about it hold off on pre-ordering or anything and check it out uh once it's actually released uh moving on this gets us into kind of our uh a topic that that um, table for two and I were discussing before the show started. Uh, the spacefaring epic No Man's Sky is coming to Nintendo Switch, and there has been some speculation. Uh, apparently, uh, 
the, the studio has been working on this for two years, but there's been some speculation that this is actually not going to be, uh, well, it, suppose there's no mention of it being a cloud game, but there are certainly other big releases that are definitely very uh, visually intense that are actually cloud <clears throat> versions. And what that means is Nintendo has a service that they don't advertise. It's not available just for you to go and, and sign up for, but specific games, you pay full price or whatever price for them it downloads something to your switch that allows you to play the game off of cloud-based servers. So let's, let's clarify this a little bit further. Okay, please. As, as an example, if you have game pass, okay, specifically game pass ultimate, you get access to one feature from Microsoft called, uh, X cloud. And what X cloud allows you to do is stream live stream the game from the cloud to your computer. Now, these are all console versions of games, so the only other way to, to play these games is if you were to have them downloaded to a console, say like an Xbox Series X or uh, Xbox One X, for example. You'd phys you could physically download and play them onto those consoles if you want to, but as an option, let's say you don't have that console, but you want to have the opportunity to play them, you can use the xCloud streaming service with your Game Pass Ultimate to play these games. Let's transition over to Google Stadia. Now, what did Google Stadia do? Google Stadia introduced their cloud streaming service. However, there was no console. There was no physically owning or downloading these games to anything. You were buying the games through Google and then playing them streamed to your device. This was such an important thing for Google at one point that they were putting out, they were doing a studio, they were hiring developers, they were doing all this exclusive blah, blah, blah. They have since like shelved everything but the technology, right? They have, they have closed down their studios. They're just offering the technology for people who want to use the technology for, for streaming games for their clientele, right? Nintendo has subtly, without like mentioning a thing, just slyly put this out there where you're buying a full copy of this game, but you have no ability to download it anywhere. You're just game streaming it, but you're not gaming streaming it to just anywhere. You have to play it on the Switch. So if you buy this game and you have crap internet, good night, you got screwed. I was wondering how, after Hello Games redeemed themselves, that they could possibly fuck it up, and they figured this it out. isn't this isn't Hello Games, okay? This is this is Nintendo here, okay? Because Hello Games is just trying to offer their game up on, and there's no confirmation that this is actually what's happening with No Man's Sky completely, but there is confirmation that games such as Control, Control. Ultimate Edition. Um, Hitman 3, uh, The Forgotten City, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, A Plague Tale. I'm just listing off a huge list of them that have this stuff. Dying Light 2. That, that are cloud-based, to be clear. Right. Yeah, these are, these, these, are, this is, these are cloud-based games that this is how this works. You're buying the game, and the only way to play it is if you're cloud-streaming it from their servers to your device over the internet. Right, which, would be, which would be like the NVIDIA thing where you had to have no. a shield. No, 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 no. This is like, this is, see, the NVIDIA Shield thing is different. Like, you can physically own those games, but 
you could also like download those games because you own the account on it. Like if you bought a game through Steam and you're playing it through their cloud stream service, this is this is like Google Stadia here. Now, if you're talking about like the only cloud services, I think Nvidia did have a cloud only service where you bought the game through their service That's specifically. What I meant, yeah. But I don't think they advertise that much anymore. I think they're advertising the fact that you buy the game on your account, say, through Steam, and then you're playing it streamed from their service under your Steam account. So is this how Nintendo has an anemic console, but it still can play ports of old other console this this is something new this has been something newer recently because these are these are games that have been like released within the last couple of years uh, or at least the last year on the switch that um this is how they're able to play them on the switch so you're not actually physically playing them on the local switch and that's the crazy thing about it so yeah, and it's it's interesting to me because, like you said, they don't really go out of their way to explain how this works or that it is a cloud-based service. They just call it the cloud edition. And somewhere in the fine print, it says basically, you know, sucks to be you if you have crappy internet. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gnarly, really. I'm I'm I when when Mellified was starting to show this stuff to me this this morning before we started recording. I, I was floored that this is what Nintendo is doing behind the scenes because if people really fully understood uh-huh. the, impl- the implications here, this is a hundred percent why Google Stadia got like like failed. <laughs> like they're 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 just a they're just a they're they're just a platform now that you know they're not even trying to do anything more with it other than offer it as a service. Like period. Right, and when they shut the server off for whatever game you own, you're done. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like any of that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I could even see, like, if if I could play it through my browser on my PC, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, well, at least I'm getting some value. If I break my Switch, I didn't lose that game, right? Or, or access to play that game. But it just seems so weird that it's um, locked like that. Um, I don't know. It... It's a strange new world, and Nintendo has, I think, half a dozen, maybe more releases in this year that are coming out with this cloud-based solution. So it's definitely uh, something they are ramping up, not ramping down on going forward. Quite quite crazy. All right, let's, uh, now that we've gotten that out of the system, let's move on to some of these other things they've definitely been um they've definitely been working on releasing some other games on their platform that have been around for quite a while um for example valve is bringing um portal what they're calling their companion collection to the switch um so you'll be able to play the portal games on the switch soon which that's actually kind of cool that valve is doing some investing work there a little surprising but cool that they're doing it um, considering that the Steam Deck is right around the corner. Um, yeah, well, the Portal games are so old, I suspect it's probably an easy way for them to uh, dip their toe in the Switch with something that'll run reasonably well on the Switch, too. Yeah. Um, another one that they're doing is Star Wars The Force Unleashed uh, is coming out um, this April. I think it's really slick that Nintendo is continuing to still embrace these old, older Star Wars games. This is not, this is clearly not the first time 
Um, and I'm also really glad to see that licensing has made it available for these things to go on the Switch for a whole new generation of kids to play good Star Wars games that they're not really getting these days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they're getting these, like, service-oriented Star Wars games that could, at any moment, just poof, disappear. I mean, Battlefront 1 is basically gone, and then Battlefront 2 is kind of, like, on its last legs. Squadrons, definitely, Jim and I were checking out the numbers just the other night, just out of curiosity, and... I think the peak for just the Steam version of people who had Squadrons was like 300-something, which is which Ooh. is low. That's yeah. not taking it into account whatever EA's numbers were. We didn't look into EA's numbers, but on Steam, 300 people for that game was pretty low, considering at one point yeah, it was it's like, like you could you could give the game away for free, but you still can't get people interested enough to play it, so right. that's a thing, right? Um, so, I mean, it's really... No, I think the rest of the show, though, we need to talk about the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, because, we can come on over to no, our Discord the, and see our rants about that. But yeah, no, it's just like, oh yeah, you thought it was a game podcast, but actually, it's the Mandalorian. There, <laughs> oh, uh, so, for for anyone right. who knows, that's some inside humor there. Uh, real quick, uh, I've been watching the P, uh, the show Peacemaker on HBO. Which, if you like irreverent, uh, adult-oriented superhero humor, is fan fantastic. But uh, the Peacemaker's eagle is named Eagly in in the show because you know very creative naming there. And uh, why didn't the... they call it Eagle Lad? Because everything in DC is something <laughs> lad, right? Well, what's funny, though, is the show or the podcast that they have to discuss the show each week is called Podly, which I just thought was a, a fun little little nod to the, the character on the show, the eagle. Um, but moving on, I mean, we, we in addition to some of those older releases, uh, Microsoft mentioned they want to bring Call of Duty to the Switch, along with other popular Activision Blizzard games when they presumably complete the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So that's actually an expansion of the library for Switch. Pretty significant one, potentially. So it's kind of interesting. And Rebellion's Zombie Army 4 Dead War is going to be coming out on Switch in April. Uh, they did release Zombie Army Trilogy earlier, uh, I think last year sometime. So uh, this one is a native, not cloud-based game at least. Yeah, it's like Table is saying, though. It's like, why don't they concentrate on the, like, not Gorefest family-friendly Nintendo experience? Type well, these are third right? parties, right? So I, I know, but I'm I'm just saying, like, if I bought a Nintendo, I would like to not have to worry about my kids' Call of Duty ended up on there. And uh, Well, you know. I'll tell you what. Nintendo is has less censorship than Sony at this point for adult content on their platform. That's, yeah, that, that's, that that's is, a whole other story. Yeah, that's that's wild to me. Yeah, there's some there's some racy racy games on uh, on the Switch that that aren't on PlayStation. So yeah, it's a strange world that we live in. Um, um some some more some more game release stuff like Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Three Hopes will hit Switch this June uh, for all you Fire Emblem fans out there. So that looked pretty good. Um, yeah, this is the sequel to Three Houses, which was very very successful. Kind of combined like the life sim management with the three emblems battle uh, formula and high, like uh, uh, Japanese love high school simulators for some reason. So, yeah. And um, 
Looks like um, a few more here. Mario, Mario Strikers uh, Battle League kicks off. So this is like a soccer sim, but Mario. I don't know why they didn't just call it Mario Soccer, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, and Mar this is, again, a sequel. They did a Mario Strikers game on the Switch last year, so they're... they're what, you know. Why is there no Mario Bowling? We have Mario Golf and go -karts. Well, because we have Wii Bowling. But there well, was and we're getting... We're getting uh, Switch Sports. I don't think it actually yeah, was yeah. on this list, but we are getting a Switch Sports game, so maybe you will get Switch Bowling sooner than later. Yeah. Um, another another release that was also really interesting is SD Gun Gundam Battle Alliance. Um, I was actually kind of intrigued by this. Um, it it does look a little almost like EDF, but like EDF Lite. It kind of felt like very simplistic but it does look interesting so i'm keeping my eyes yeah on why that. why is the switch hogging up all the mecha games like i saw the from announcement and it's like coming to switch and i was like oh kill me oh uh, you mean like the front mission one and two remakes announced for the switch yes yep yeah i don't know why why the mech games are so popular i suppose because it's the, the console so popular in japan uh maybe well uh, whenever they brought out um that daemon x machina Mm -hmm. thing right also was switch exclusive and then when we got it on pc it was like oh you keep that yeah wasn't yeah. great um yeah. more more game announced releases that were really cool they did this on their nintendo direct but i was actually excited for this one mixed feelings on some of like the changes i think but we'll see but uh chrono cross is getting a remaster and it and it I'm excited that it's getting some attention and some love, but I, I do have concerns. So I would like a Metroid, like Super Metroid remaster. Can we get that? Because that was like the height of Metroid games, right? So while are you, while are they're you, are like you talking, trying... are you talking about the Super Nintendo Metroid? Yes. Yeah. I would Super almost. Nintendo I'd Metroid. almost. I'd almost consider Metroid Dread to be kind of like. Yeah. You know, that. it is it is a spiritual sequel to to Superman. It, it kind of is, but it's not. I mean, you know, like if they if they want to hire a game company that just ports games, right? Just be like, okay, go back to that that Super Nintendo stuff and the really like AAA golden games from there. Let's port them and actually do like a modern port of that would be great. Because there, there's a lot of that stuff that's like, hey, you know, you want to sell it to me again, right? But you're not giving me like emulator, or whatever on the well, switch. Well, this is Just... this is this is kind of the problem though that I feel like Square has had with remastering some of their games at different points in time. Um, we've seen that porting and and putting some of the classic um, Final Fantasy games on Steam, for example, has had some fans concerned with textures looking out of place or wrong um when they did the remaster of final fantasy 7 and 8 for uh steam uh people were not really happy with those versions either so i have the non-remastered ones on on steam before they did their quote-unquote remaster and i prefer those much better um but then they're doing like the re-remaster of 7 which is like um uh, <gasps> Yeah, yeah. Melified's got oh, some some concerns over that, but like, but it's just one of those things where I I I would like to enjoy the original experience without too much fluff, and that's why I like the the porting of things. So to me, some of the out of place textures on some of these two D Final Fantasy games didn't bother me, but 
when I look at what they're doing with the Chrono Cross remaster, I'm I'm not particularly thrilled. I would rather see Chrono Cross be put onto Steam and stuff like that or on Nintendo the way they did the original Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 where they kind of where they kind of ported it and maybe upscaled some of the resolution. Let's let's do that. Cuz the the game as it was wasn't a problem I felt like. So it's just kind of confusing where they're going to take out the random battle encounters which I understand in Pokemon would be nice, but like in an RPG, you kind of need those random battle encounters to help you continue to, you know, level up <laughs> uh, or else you're not going to be doing so hot later on in the game at times. But like, maybe that's just my opinion, but I don't know. What are your, what were your thoughts on this mellified when you saw this? Cause I, I was, I was, I'm, I don't know. I'm nervous. I have not been super impressed with uh, Square's remaster attempts, uh, I guess that's what I would say. If you remember, they re-released the pic- they did the pixel remasters of Final Fantasy 1 through 6, which have been uh, very widely hated, uh, as particularly the font choice was really weird, and there were some technical glitches with some, them. Some, some content even missing. Yeah, yeah. So like I I I don't have high hope for this. I was sort of jokingly gagging when you mentioned the Final Fantasy 7 remake, which was the uh recent PS4 game, I guess a year and a half ago that's now on PC. I hated 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 that game. It it took what was in the in the original like a 2-hour portion of the game and they just dragged it out to 60 hours. And it was bad. Like the story was uninteresting. Nothing happens of any consequence. The battle system I hated um, because you you had to like fill up a meter on each of your characters to do special moves. But once you executed those special moves, your characters just sat there and did normal attacks automatically. So there's nothing to do. Like it was boring. Right. It seems like they needed to kill a bunch of time because they're just like, let's let's stretch this game way yes. too long. Did they yeah. at least stab Eris? Or did uh, they not let no. you have that? Oh, no, she she got kidnapped and you have to go rescue her. Spoilers. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, Yeah, so, so I don't have my hopes. If you've been playing video games and you don't know that they stabbed Eris in the damn Final Fantasy Seven, then you know, this is well, the game. Well, Chrono anyway. Cross the so they're calling this Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers edition. And it's actually it is coming to Steam. So it is on Steam uh as a uh, coming soon kind of a thing so you can pre-purchase it uh i i'll i'll throw it on the old wish list but i'm i'm coming into it with uh i have some, concerns some some concerns <laughs> yeah so uh, I, uh mm, anyway mm. uh moving moving further along on the list uh let's go back up because we skipped some things here uh yeah, Apple, well go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, so Apple Arcade had an exclusive Lego game called Brawls, which uh, was like a, a, you know, brawler game, fighting game. And that is coming to Switch this summer as the exclusivity with Apple runs out. So something to look for. It's always neat to see different Lego Lego games beyond kind of the standard uh, titles, we Traveler's Tales titles we get. Uh, Switch, inter- so MLB The Show was an exclusive 
franchise to PlayStation as recently as 2020. And apparently as part of the renewal, they were required to bring it to other platforms. So in 2021, the Xbox got MLB The Show 21. And now uh, the Nintendo Switch is getting MLB The Show 22. So interestingly, this game on the PlayStation was always a graphical powerhouse. It looked just gorgeous. And the Xbox version of 21 looked pretty good too. So I, I'm i a little worried about what it's going to look like on the Switch. I'm not necessarily planning on buying it anywhere because I'm not a big sports fan uh, or sports game fan. But, um, you know, certainly it's nice, I guess, that, that the Nintendo folks will have uh, at least an option for baseball games. Well, but that's always the concern, right? Is like, why do you do things on the Switch that aren't meant to be on the switch because it's a certain hardware platform with a certain amount of power. It's got a thing that it excels at doing and you could make games forever in that tech range, but then yep. they're always trying to port shit over that doesn't belong there. And then it runs like ass and it's just like, stop. Well, and they've done, I mean, to be fair, right. Getting doom 2016 running on the switch and looking good they did it. it. It is a phenomenal port considering what the switch can do, but they had to put a ton of effort into doing that. And it doesn't seem like every game company is willing to do, you know, that level of, of optimization. So it's unfortunate for sure. A um, couple other big Nintendo franchises got announced having sequels, uh, earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are now out on the Switch Online service as backward-compatible titles. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was announced. It will be coming to Switch in September. Uh, I loved the first Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a Wii U ex is the only, I think, Wii U exclusive left that didn't get ported to the Switch in some form. And then uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was uh, one of the early Switch games that was really, really, really good. Uh, so 3 has a lot of a lot of uh, pedigree to live up to here. It'll be interesting to see. I was hoping we'd get a Xenoblade Chronicles X port to the Switch, though. Uh, that game is about 120 hours, and it gets really good about 15 hours in. You do kind of have to, you know uh plod through the first 10 15 hours but once you get get your mech suit the game really opens up and it's this beautiful beautiful open world very vibrant lots of colors some interesting world traversal so uh you know that's why x in particular is really cool but um still looking forward to xenoblade chronicles 3 for sure very nice um, I've always been a, a Kirby fan, so I'm really looking forward to seeing Kirby and the Forgotten Lands uh, come out. There's a new trailer out for it. Uh, I do think there there's a funny meme going around because you see Kirby uh, like on a on a car <laughs> kind of a thing, and uh, there's a joke of you know the whole thing like if if a if a giraffe was to put on pants how would it put on its pants right you know like <laughs> i, I think you know, or yeah. a dog or any kind of four -legged. so it's like when you see kirby's like how does kirby like eat a car does it eat the car from the top or from the back i personally would say from the back that's just kind of like nope. but, wrong. but but yeah, i am it's i'm i am very clearly wrong based on what i'm seeing <laughs> now so uh 
Yeah. But there were there was a meme that went around that kind of showed that though, and so it just was kind of like funny seeing that. But I guess when he when he swallows the car, he kind of becomes half car, half Kirby though. So it's not like he's like Kirby as a car, which I thought was a, an interesting um way of I expressing just assumed- that. He's he's driving the car through the window with his tongue, and he's just driving it around like a normal car. Well, wait a minute. Isn't Kirby in um, Mario Kart, though? Uh, I don't think he's in Mario Kart. He's no. in Smash Bros, though. So. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, we've already seen him drive a car, if so. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. That'd be different. That'd be different. So. Um. Yes. What do we got next here? Uh, so Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival is the latest in the Taiko no Tatsujin drumming uh, rhythm games that are from Japan, and it was it is getting a Western uh, release on the Switch. Uh, this was the one you might be you might be remembering ago in our news show we talked about uh, an older release of taiko no tatsujin that got released on xbox and pc and had a bunch of technical problems but this is the next game in that series that'll be so Mm. i that the the, all the money i spent to import two drum kits from japan are for the switch are starting to pay off that's all i'm saying hey mellified drumming drumming. mellified would you like to have another final fantasy tactics game or maybe even a remake or Boy, maybe a remake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not getting one. Oh. But what you are getting is something very close. Yes. And it's a yes. triangle strategy. Uh, I mentioned that earlier. Um, but it's, it's made by Square Enix. So yeah, why I, didn't Square I, Enix just call it Final Fantasy Tactics 2? Not Final Fantasy Tactics 2. Yes. Even that would have made <laughs> sense. It's like it triangle, so it's triangle, triangle strategy colon not final fantasy tactics too yeah, seriously yeah well this tri- triangle strategy is such a bad name it is so generic sounding it's like the the video game you got out of the cereal box or something that's exactly sounds... what i was thinking like this sounds yeah. very generic and lame yeah but whatever uh, uh, maybe maybe well, there's maybe there's a Japanese loss in translation thing going on here. We're just not getting. Maybe, but uh, the interesting thing is, it actually is a really good game by by all accounts. The art looks gorgeous. It actually has some deep turn based combat mechanics uh, going for it. The people people have been playing like preview releases and stuff say it's great. So, I mean, stupid name, but but good game. I'll I'll take that over great name and stupid game. That's for sure. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so (laughs) I don't know how to end this one. This is, this is a, an interesting, I don't know if anybody asked for this. So this is kind of an interesting (laughs) take. There's one dude in Japan who, who's got like the fan site for this game and he is so excited right now. Why are you taking that away from him? I'm I'm so sorry, guy. Uh, So there's a Switch remake of a Super Famicom RPG called Live Alive. Live Alive, I think. Live Alive, Live Alive. I think. I, live, I could be wrong. Live Alive. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I've heard of this before, but yeah, it is getting a new character trailer. Um, It is getting a release. This was originally only a Super Famicom game, but now it's being released here in the West um through the switch 
Um, it's using the same like HD 2D style visuals we saw first in Octopath Traveler and that are being used in Triangle Strategy as well. It looks so it cool. Looked, yeah, yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah. So, but fair. but this is uh this is this is this is one of those just obscure like if you know then you know kind of things. Um. So yep. so good for them, but um. Uh, but that's really about going to cover it for all of our uh, Switch news. However, we've we've got some time here, and I thought maybe I'd hand it off to Melify to see if he had a couple of funny and strange stories that we didn't quite get to in our last one that maybe sure. he'd, he'd like to share here. Because we, we, we had so much to cover, we didn't get a chance to get to our funny, funny and strange section. So what do we got here, Melify? Well, well to, bridge, to bridge between our Nintendo news and our funny and strange. I'm going to start with our last story in the section. Uh, you know, if, if I said to you, Mr. Table for two, that uh, famed singer, Mr. Rick Astley had a favorite video game. What do you think he would, he would say? Um, would it, would it be the, uh, Oh, what was the name of that game? The uh, pop of the rapper or whatever it was. Uh, you know, some that, like, that would be a good guess. I could see yeah, that. Like but a, no, like his game. his favorite game was GoldenEye 007 on the Nintendo 64. So oh, he's never going to give that up, is he? He's he's not. No, Mr. Rick Astley uh, coming out of left field with the... Uh, I just have this picture of him playing that game in college or something. Because, like, it just, you know, that's the only, only way I can reconcile that. But... Um, Another fun one, somebody took the map from Legend of Zelda, the head map, and made it into a Lego set. So you can, uh, you know, wonder at the splendor of uh, this nice 2D map. Um, so this is, 25... this, is from, this is from the original. So when, when you say Legend of Zelda, you really mean the Legend of Zelda. So the, the first yes. one, the original. Yes. Uh, it is 25,000 Lego bricks. 200 or 493 enemies 2779 trees and it measures 30 by 86 inches yeah this is really cool looking now that i'm seeing this up close like this because there's actually a detailed video going over this this is definitely a wall art piece right here that is pretty slick i mean just the time and the energy that, that this person put into it i have to admire uh it's pretty damn cool so it's a lot of money um, in legos it is. Yeah, he wasn't much Well, not enough. not only is it a lot of Legos, but here's the thing, like if you know Legos, so they come in different piece sizes, right? So you have like uh your little like one blocks, you have you know, you have your bigger bricks, right? A lot of this stuff is using singular blocks though to map this all out. So he's using a lot of the very small of the small Lego pieces to make this which is why it's taking so many pieces to make it because he's using a ton of the tiniest of the blocks to make it. But yeah, there's you better a, do it right the first time because those never come apart. Right. And well, and the, and the thing is though, is in order to get the detail that he needed to get, he had to use these in order to make it look this good. And uh, that is just impressive. So congratulations, sir. All right. So I've got another Nintendo related one here for you. Uh, you know, there is a company called Looking Glass that makes a product called The Portrait, and it is a true holographic display. So it's a it's a box, like a rectangular box, and as you move 
the box sort of left and right or you shift your head position, it actually changes the image inside of this display. And what's the first thing that nerds would do given something like this? Get video games to run on it. Someone has ported uh, Super Mario Brothers and Castlevania to this display. So you can play them in true 3D. Uh, Super Mario Brothers has shadowing. So there's a, a back layer for the shadows of the, the different blocks that you see and the different monsters. Uh, you see a shadow behind Mario as he's running around. You can kind of, you know, tilt your head to, to change the angle. Um, it, is, it is wild to look at. Uh, these displays run 400 bucks. But you can, you know, there is this free plugin that you run on Windows and it allows you to uh, run NES titles at 60 FPS. Uh, the classic Atari 2600 game Pitfall is also supported. So that's uh, that's pretty damn cool. Wow. Uh, watching the video of this, I was looking for the video because the thing that we had didn't have, the article we have doesn't actually have the video in it. But when I went and found the video, this is so there's a there's a uh, an emulator kind of thing on Steam that you can get that lets you plug in ROMs and kind of play games in like a VR kind of way. Yep, yep, um, I have that. Th I, I do too. It's pretty slick. This though is on a whole other level of really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is neat looking. I I will post the link in our Discord so people can take a look at it, but. It just was really, really neat. I yeah. thought it was super cool. So as a, as a I'm actually fact, really interested. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna display. post. I'm gonna post this in Tech Talk. There's a video. So under our Tech Talk channel and in our Discord, there's a there's a video that I just posted of the of them playing Mario and Castlevania. This is slick. Um, highly recommend checking it out. So there you go. All right. Um, okay, I think that's all of our funny Nintendo story, Nintendo stories, but we have some other funny ones. Um, weirdly, we've had a run of uh, gamers, big name uh, professional gamers or streamers getting tattoos on themselves, uh, like actual permanent tattoos. Uh, Absolute Legend got the Counter-Strike door stuck uh, text tattooed on his arm. <laughs> and uh you know okay uh, um that's a thing and one of the streamers basically was unhappy with some of the changes in warzone and promised publicly that if raven would revert the change that he didn't like he would get their name tattooed on his butt well they reverted the change <laughs> So there is a picture of the side of this gentleman's ass that now bears the Raven software logo. Wow. So yeah. Uh you know, cheek and all, you can you can uh see it in all its glory. Um the things people do. Yeah. I if if you're gonna shoot your mouth off, don't shoot your mouth off about getting a tattoo if somebody will do something because they will do it just to make you get the tattoo and have that on your body for the rest of your life. And you're gonna, if you're that streamer, you're going to have to explain to every person you share a bed with from now until you're dead why you have Raven software uh, tattooed on your ass. So, yeah. Um, 
Hey, hey, table for two. Are you ready to build a new PC? Um, I mean, another year or so that might be a good idea. Well, I'll tell you what. There is a motherboard, the Z690 Godlike from MSI, that I think you should use for your next build. Okay, tell me about um, it. Well, in order to get it, you have to buy a $700 motherboard first, and then you'll be allowed to apply to get this motherboard, which is $2,100, uh, which is more than wait, <laughs> more than most PCs cost. Hold on, hold on a second. I have yeah. to buy one motherboard first. Right, right, because you have and to prove that you're a high-end customer of MSI's before they'll let you buy the Z690 Godlet. That's this new motherboard. That is dumb. So you have to buy the the uh, MSI MEG X570 or or one of their other uh, high end motherboards that run so, about seven hundred. So you're saying this is made for scalpers? <laughs> sure seems like it. Um, it it is twenty one hundred dollars. It comes with a liquid core, a liquid cooling chip chiller. It comes with uh, thirty two gigabytes of high end RAM. Uh, so the motherboard itself technically is only about $1,470, but, uh, you know, you, you actually would be paying twice as much for the motherboard as the high end core I nine twelve nine nine hundred K CPU that would go on it. Right? I'm sorry, so, but like, but like anything that's like, if, if you're buying a motherboard that is more than $400, I feel like you're doing it wrong. Hell, I think if you're buying well, a motherboard that's more than $300, you could potentially be doing it wrong. To, to be fair, right, this motherboard has its own screen so that it tells you what's going on at, through the boot process. It has hotkeys. It has its own uh, tools menu and system info menu on the screens. Um, you know, it's also a touchscreen. So if you if you have your case open and you need to do something, you can use the touchscreen on it. Um, it has a very nice, you know, set of hardware as well. It's got a really good VRM. It's got uh, a nice, nice heat sinks, things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just over the top, completely over the top uh, motherboard. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at all the specs of it right now. It is uh, really, really ridiculous. <laughs> so... I, I know I don't think any of us are playing Wordle, correct? I do, actually. Oh, do you? Okay. So this this story is for you, uh, Table. Um, it was recently bought for uh, by the New York Times for seven figures. Uh, yeah, we know. which good for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Um, but an 80, it saved an 80-year-old grandmother's life. She kidnapped and held hostage for 17 hours. And uh, the reason the police were notified to go check up on her was because Mrs. Holt's daughter was worried when her mom didn't send her the daily challenge that they normally shared. Oh, okay. This story is different than I thought. I thought it was going to be like she was able to put help. I'm kidnapped in Wordle because the kidnappers let her keep her phone because they were super retarded. But no. No, okay. uh, apparently she was in her home in Chicago. She was sleeping and was woken up to a naked and bleeding man who had cut himself breaking into her house. And he was holding a pair of scissors on her, uh, climbed into her bed and said he wouldn't harm her. 
but then he made her go around the house, disconnecting all the phones. And he took all the knives out of the kitchen. And then he forced her to take a warm bath with him. Um, crazy. Thank God it wasn't a cold bath. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's not a monster. Come on. Right. Uh, wow. so, yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, just, just like, you can't make this stuff up guys. This now is, watch well, my back. I'm glad she's okay, but I mean, you know, it's it's good to know that. I mean, there there is something to be said for having routines in your life, and that if you break the routine, if it's not a common thing, that can definitely trigger someone being like, "Hey, sup? Like, you didn't send me your uh, your uh, your, your usual, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah." But the story I, I got, has I got the ending. They're married I, now. <laughs> oh no that is not true for the record oh no god that's oh. terrible well on that note i think we're gonna end it here um we oh we do... come on i got two more that are all right. awesome all right all right, all right. All right. let's do it let's so, do it. So, so last two last two they're both related so dying light 2 has this uh system where you find blueprints that allow you to make different weapons and there are two that are just spectacular hidden they're hidden blueprints that you can get one gives you a literal finger gun. So you can just point at somebody and pull the trigger and they, they get shot. The other lets you do a force choke move from Star Wars against your enemies. Excellent. Yes, the, video, the videos uh, certainly do these justice, but uh, I, I hope you can picture for yourself what that must be like. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I've got the game. I'm going to have to go find these two uh these two little easter egg blueprints so that i can force choke uh it'd be it'd be cool if you could like if if the force choke was like a force choke and then like a push because like yeah well you can force choke and you're like they're they're held up in the air and then you just hit them with your weapon oh there you go that's nice you know still still got some some fun but yeah so i had to share those two i hope you understand oh totally 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 that's good well, that'll about do it for this episode. We've got a Discord server over at discord.otherworlds.gg where we talk about these things and more, plus play games together. So if you're into hanging out with us and playing games, we'll play just about anything. Um, just about. Not everything. Close enough, though. <laughs> um, we don't play that. Yeah, but we won't play that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, come on over and check it out, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. This has been episode number ooh, 49. See you next time. Yeehaw!